Channel 11, New York's movie station. Next on the 8 o'clock movie. In 1975, he became Hollywood's biggest star. And in 1978, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, he resurfaced. The terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. The all-new Jaws 3D. From New York's movie station, the 8 o'clock movie on Channel 11. Jay, we are back on our bullshit. Another VHS dive. Another WPIX broadcast. I say let's pop it in, Matt. These VHS dives are so much fun. We do go back to this well pretty often, but fuck it. We're passionate about these old tapes. And today's tape, Jay, I mean, come on. This is so us. Oh my God, Jaws 3. It's so awesome. July 1993, WPIX network television broadcast of Jaws 3. What luck that this even still existed for us to see. You mentioned July 93, and this is a summertime thing, and currently we're recording in the winter, so this is making me mentally feel like I'm in the summer right now, which is awesome. But also, these tapes, why we love them so much, they're really like a time warp. You just immediately feel like you're in your childhood bedroom on this summer night in 1993. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was like a 90% chance that both of us were watching this very broadcast. My take is that there's a 100% chance that I was. I had no life. You, I would give it 50-50. I'm sure you had a few friends to say, hey, Jay, it's Friday night. Let's go to the fucking schoolyard and play handball. I would totally be like, nope, Jaws 3 is on PIX. <laughs> it's uncut, so I won't miss a fight. <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that, too, because I felt like back then, the best part about WPIX, which is an element that I don't know if a lot of people understand, is that one of the grabbers in the WPIX realm was that the promos were always like teetering from very like dry and sarcastic tongue-in-cheek dialogue to unsettling, very scary. You didn't know what you were going to get. Is it Killer Jello from outer space? No. It's the blob. Is this movie going to scare the bejesus out of you, or is it going to be really funny? You're 100% right, and I don't even think that that's like some weird-ass observation. That was very much what they were deliberately doing. WPAX had a giant horror catalog, but this is not a scary movie channel. So they had to make these movies seem like they were for everyone, even if they were terrifying. So you would get a movie like, say, Salem's Lot. And even that, they would put a little bit of humor into the promos. WPIX was great at that, but also, for a long time, they were basically known as Cats the Commercial the Network, because oh usually God. you turn on PIX and it's like a Cats commercial, but... <laughs> well, I mean, proof is in the pudding. We're not going to bring it up later, but Cats the Commercial did air, I think, 17 times during Jaws 3. <laughs> Cats. The world's most thrilling theatrical event. So we're going to get deeper into this broadcast. Let's talk a little bit about this movie's place in the Jaws franchise. This is the threequel. Came out in 1983. That was 10 years prior to this broadcast. Neither of us saw it in theaters. I'm, I mean, I didn't. I don't think yeah, you did. Oh, no, absolutely not. This was a, uh, a video store rental for us. For me, it was like such a thrill to be able to see like, oh my God, there's a Jaws 3. It was originally in 3D and it takes place 
at a theme park, I'm in. I loved this movie as a kid. Me too. It was probably my favorite out of all the Jaws movies because I feel like the first one, even though it was classic, it was a lot more serious. So when you're a little kid, this one is way more appealing. Jaws, the original, is a super classic. The sequel really could stand on its own. It's not bad at all. And then the third one, they have to go in a completely different direction. So this is where SeaWorld comes in. And I always think about it. I'm like, well, how did SeaWorld let this even happen? Of course, because the entire premise of the movie is basically that a giant shark has infiltrated the park thanks largely to staff negligence and is killing people. So it's like SeaWorld wants to be a part of this for some reason. And it goes back to the whole slasher sentiment because it really is a slasher movie. It's just that Jaws is killing people. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, mentioning slasher movies, this was part of that whole kind of wave of 3D movies in the 80s, which included a few slashers. There was Friday the 13th Part 3, Amityville 3D. I guess that's not a slasher, but it's certainly a horror movie. The 3D technology kind of had a second wave because it was big in the 50s, kind of came back in the early 80s because they had some new technology. And this is one of the, I'm not going to say better uses of it, but more popular uses of it. But one thing I was going to say about SeaWorld is that it really was like a star of the film. The entire movie, essentially, I think there's maybe a bar scene, one scene at someone's house, but the rest is at SeaWorld. And it's not just SeaWorld. It's like this made up underwater new park at SeaWorld. What could go wrong? They have underwater tunnels at SeaWorld in a Jaws movie. What could go wrong, Jay? Daddy, Daddy, look at the fish! One time I went to my friend's wedding. They had it at an aquarium that had this tunnel. And you would walk through the tunnel and there's like sharks and different sea creatures of many types floating above you. And it made me think of Jaws 3. I went to SeaWorld after seeing this movie in the 80s and they did have a tunnel. Maybe you're not like 50,000 feet underwater. You're certainly not surrounded by great white sharks who have enough power to break through the glass. But I was walking through a little bit scared. All right, so we're going to get more into this broadcast. We're going to talk about the commercials. We're going to talk about the movie. We should probably start a little bit more with the movie. So we're going to dive into the water here, Jay. All right, let's do it. About some damn sharks, mother. Cal, don't you hear what she's saying here? Well, I'm listening. Now, if there is such an animal, she gave birth way out to sea, and the baby swam through the sea gate that you left open, Dory. No. Overman was killed inside the park. The baby was caught inside the park. Its mother is inside the park. Jaws 3, I guess sharing top billing, you have Dennis Quaid and uh, what's her name? Bess Armstrong? Yes. And Dennis Quaid is playing one of the Brody sons, Mike Brody. This is the son of Martin from the first two films. So they're keeping it connected. I read that was one of the elements that they wanted to keep in the film. You can't have a Jaws movie without the Brody kids. Without the Brodies in general. And they knew they weren't going to get Roy because apparently like to even get him on Jaws 2, like they had to basically hold him at gunpoint. So he was now coming back for this one. He purposely got on another film 
just to not do this movie. Yes. <laughs> That's a baller move. Yeah. You got to respect the hustle, as they say. Let's be honest. You, know, you think of actors in general. You got to keep relevant in the acting world. Back then, he's just like, I don't need to do Jaws 3. <laughs> Jaws 3? Yeah, you fucking mind. It's probably a huge payday. He's like, nah. Screw yeah, that. I mean, the movie, from what I understand, it did pretty well. Yeah. You had actually told me before we recorded this nice piece of trivia. Dennis Quaid, apparently you said he was coked out through most of the film, right? That's a great thing to know, that you could really keep your composure throughout the whole movie, and no one knows that you're just raging. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's also just him kind of like in his own subtle way saying, yeah, I know Jaws 3 and me in that movie weren't so great. I disagree. I actually thought he was a very good lead. Who else is in this movie? We had uh, Lou Gossett Jr. We had Lou Gossett Jr. He was amazing. We had Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson, I think this was her first biggish film role. Might have actually been her absolute first. She's in it. Ready for some fun? Fantastic. Let's ride the bumper boats. Bumper boats? She does get bit by Jaws, so that's pretty awesome. The mom from Back to the Future got bit by Jaws. They really kind of lingered on that when that happened, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to see that happen. You're familiar with her, so you want her to succeed in the film. It's a little bit truncated on this broadcast because it's for television, but again, we've talked about this. WPAX, they didn't hold a whole lot back, so maybe yeah. they trimmed like the worst two seconds, but they left the other 17 of her like gnawed-up <laughs> leg. They did. When we were talking about the show, we kind of both agree that Bess Armstrong is great in general. Bess Armstrong was just fantastic in this movie, and she really reminded me of Sandy Duncan. It was like a very Duncanish performance. Well, I don't know if it's occurred to any of you all, but there isn't a great white alive in captivity anywhere. Oh, that's such a perfect way to put it. She looked like she could have been Sandy Duncan's daughter. Or cousin or sister, at least. <laughs> yeah, and she's the good person in the movie. You know, she's, don't kill yeah. the fucking fish. We, yes. I know it's yeah. just doing what it's got to do. Yeah, Everything she, is wonderful. Yeah, she's got a good heart, and she's really got some spunk, and I enjoyed her performance here in this. As a kid, of course, I had a little bit of a crush on her, which is why I probably loved watching this movie, aside from the shark, of course. Always a treat to see her here. And uh, to summarize the plot, we've kind of given the broad strokes, but just to really like get it down to two sentences, you've got this underwater new park at SeaWorld. Jaws is there. Jaws has a fucking baby. They accidentally kill the baby. And now this 35-foot mother Jaws wants revenge. Yeah, I like to just sum it up even further by saying this movie should have just been titled Jaws Attacks SeaWorld. <laughs> it absolutely should have been. I mean, Jaws 3D is a cool title, but Jaws Attack SeaWorld, every person in the world would have seen it. <laughs> Hello out there. This is Calvin Bouchard. May I please have your kind attention? Due to technical difficulties, it has become necessary for us to temporarily close the undersea kingdom. Now, for those of y'all who are still in the underwater portion of this park, Please, follow your guides, and they will point out the, the most convenient and accessible exits. Tommy, Where the hell is the nearest accessible exit? Out. We're underwater! Jaws. 
Jaws 3, starring Dennis Quaid and Bess Armstrong, will return in a moment. Bonjour. Here is a letter from Mrs. Sigdy Morton. My favorite sample flavor is your creme de vanilla, but your French isn't correct. It should be creme de, D-E, vanilla. Check with your experts. Creme de, in French it's wrong. Creme de vanilla soda. Creme de... Et non pas de vanilla. Non, 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 non. Creme de... L'art de triomphe. You made a big mistake. <laughs> Coming up next, Matt, we're going to be discussing the commercials that were in the broadcast. Right now, I'm going to bring up the Snapple Day Vanilla. Not Day Vanilla, De Vanilla. It's not one of the flavors that I would have tried, certainly back then. I was a straight-up iced tea guy, but it was apparently a big deal. Yeah, so Snapple at the time, just to kind of give a little bit of background, was really sweeping the nation. You would go into like pizzerias and literally anywhere and there was Snapple vending machines. There was like a hundred flavors. I'm that I'm exaggerating on, but it did. Well, you're only barely exaggerating because like if you saw an ad, like a print ad showing all the flavors, they could barely fit them all on a page. And they had not only teas and juices, but they also dabbled in sodas. This one was a vanilla soda. So they decided to go with like sort of a French theming. You had the Snapple lady who hosted all their commercials. They had a real ongoing thing where the Snapple lady was behind her desk and she would take feedback from customers. Wendy, the Snapple lady. She has a name, Jay. Her name is Wendy. Wendy, the wonderful Snapple lady. Yeah, and she got like real famous from from these commercials. Well, why not? I mean, look, she was in what like 50 different Snapple commercials. Like we're saying, Snapple was incredibly popular. So there was a point in time where Wendy was probably on television more than anybody else in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just remember being a kid and getting like huge cases of variety packs. And I really appreciated what Snapple was doing back then. And it just gives me a chance to kind of gush about old Snapple. I think this is when Stern, Howard Stern, was doing all the Snapple commercials. And because of those commercials, I still call it Schnapple. Schnapple, yeah, made from the best stuff on earth. <laughs> yeah, between Wendy, Howard, and the glass bottles, Schnapple was just the best. And the little facts under the caps, that really sold it. America's fortune cookie. Incredible. So, Matt, do you have a commercial you want to bring to the table here? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Recently, an object was sighted. It was big. It was just big. Too big to measure with the human eye. They say it could show up anywhere. Whoa! Did you see that? Pizza Hut! Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. Out of sight, big! 21 slices. I can handle it. On a totally different crust. Whoa! For a ridiculously low $10.99. <laughs> it's a legendary value. Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. The biggest pizza you can get delivered. The commercial that piqued my interest most in the entire broadcast, obviously, was for Pizza Hut's legendary Bigfoot Pizza. Love this. I mean, I know you've brought this up before because you're a huge fan of Bigfoot Pizza. I struggled because we did an entire pizza show and I did an entire seven-minute section on the Bigfoot Pizza. I'm like, can I really get away with it? But it's right there. It's like yeah. we're doing a show on this broadcast. How can I not talk about this? Two feet, 21 slices. 
vague tie to Sasquatches. This was my jam, Jay. It does fit into the whole theming of the night because we're talking about Jaws, a giant shark who's murdering people. And this goes along like a giant Bigfoot mythical creature. Right. I mean, we have a, a shark that kills people and a Bigfoot that uh, is, is a spokes creature for pizza. The definite similarity there. <laughs> um, I did already bring it up, so I don't want to get into incredible detail. I have a little piece of trivia that I don't think I shared before. Guy Reggie, he is the one who invented the Bigfoot pizza. I forget his last name, but he went on to be the president of Nintendo for a long time. He's very famous. Like, if you look him up on social media, he's got 10 trillion followers. Yeah. But he told a story about how the Bigfoot pizza was really popular, but it also almost killed Pizza Hut because they used such shitty ingredients that everyone got kind of turned off to them. They're basically shooting themselves in the Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess from what I understand, it was the only way to make such giant pizzas profitable was to just essentially give crappy ingredients <laughs> yeah and if you think back to like what those pizzas were like it was a little bit like your little sister made you a pizza in her easy bake oven yeah. <laughs> but i like that so i was all in oh my gosh well i really wish that the promo for when this pizza came out included pizza delivery guys wearing a bigfoot costume he comes and delivers the pizza to you personally Here's why they should have done it. I don't know how many pizzas I could eat in a day, but I guarantee you I would be ordering more than that amount to keep seeing the Bigfoot at my front door. And the fact that it wasn't in the shape of a giant plaster cast foot fossil of Bigfoot. Absolute missed opportunity. It's not like they didn't have the technology. All you had to do was make a little cement foot and pour some dough in it. Yeah. <laughs> The reason they don't bring it back on the reg is because I think it used like special pants. It might have even had a special oven, so it's not as easy as it sounds. But there's so much nostalgia for the Bigfoot pizza. There's no way that they're not eventually going to do something. So hopefully, they're have to. Yeah. You, hopefully, you'll get your wish, and the the new version will be foot shaped and delivered by a fucking costumed Bigfoot, and have all the better quality ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get crazy you got the foot you got the costume character get the cheap cheese yeah <laughs> now we return to jaws 3 starring bess armstrong and dennis quaid Matt, we mentioned earlier in the show the 3D presentation. Now, when you're watching it on a small screen, especially like a 4x3 that we were watching back then, the 3D effect of the film doesn't really come across, but you wind up seeing a semi-cheesy, kind of disjointed, weird-looking shot that you know was a big spectacle if you saw it in the movie theater. I hate that people always say that, that oh, I can't watch a, a, a 1980s 3D movie. It's all disjointed with all these three. That's like the reason to watch it. It's so much fun to like pick out, oh my God, there it is. That's a yeah. 3D shot. I think a lot of people didn't experience that kind of 3D because you and I have been to 3D movies where you put those kind of like black plasticky glasses on and you throw them in the trash can on the way out. 
back oh, then. You, you take was, those are free mementos. Yeah, free, they, yes. <laughs> that yeah. give them back policy. That's just suggestion. <laughs> you have a whole duffel bag full of. I them. do. <laughs> so back then it was just like the paper glasses and whatever it is, like whether it's Jaws or whatever, it's just literally hanging in the ether in front of you, like in the ceiling, <laughs> coming out at you. It really worked, as cheesy as it sounds. Well, it was such a different experience from today's because today's is this whole immersive environment where you're adding these incredible fields of depth. And yeah, they'll throw a few things in there that are supposed to be like wow moments, like you'll have something flying a little bit towards you. But back then in the 80s, it was so egregious. Like you would look at your desk and you would take the coffee cup and you would just shove it right <laughs> in the camera and just hold it dead center for 15 seconds. There was a couple specific scenes that were definitely 3d money shots yeah yeah. money shots yeah so maybe the most important one is when we're in the control room and jaws is about to break the glass so at this point in the movie this is like essentially like 10 minutes before it's over so they all know that jaws is there they're all in a panic state they're trapped underwater all of a sudden they look up and there's fucking mother jaws all 35 feet of her just slowly going towards the glass so she's on a mission because she had a baby right and the baby died not to go completely off the rails here, but baby great white sharks are not like 10 feet long like they portrayed in this movie. Other than that, I don't think mother sharks actually like kind of rear their young and seek revenge on their behalf. So <laughs> definitely a few stretches involved in this movie. And this is the scene where it is just mauled all over the internet where Jaws cracks the glass, but then just kind of floats in the middle of the screen for like seven seconds yeah so jaws is he's a showman she's a showman i should say <laughs> show woman the shark is a show woman because when she crashes through that glass she goes still and lets all these shards of glass fly out towards the screen yeah she's just like vamping there and just like you, you like that you like that yeah. shit <laughs> now this is the shot of the movie it's the one that they put the most effort in believe it or not and it's the one that everyone kind of hates the most i love it because it's so cheesy it, is, <laughs> it really is and these are the types of things that sea world should be prepared for killer sharks crashing through their cockpits my god again i do not see the angle no amount of free advertising was worth the implication that you know your guests might get killed by sharks these 3D scenes, I think we should also mention the entire movie, it starts with Jaws, who you still don't see quite yet, but she bites a fish in half, and the movie opens essentially with this bloody fish head just floating at you in oh, 3D. God. Right. This is hardcore. This is how the movie starts. Like you're in that theater, you've seen Jaws 1 and Jaws 2, which are conventionally good movies with a lot of artistry. Now you're in the seat in Jaws 3 with your Jaws 3 branded red and blue glasses, and there's a fucking floating dead fish head covered in blood. And this is how it opens. As much as this movie gets kind of ripped all over the place, this movie has a lot in it that it doesn't get enough credit for in terms of being like unsettling or kind of creepy. 
that is definitely one of them, and there's more to come. We're going to get into more definitely later in the show. Oh, yeah, there is. Oof, there are some good ones. We'll get to those <laughs> later. You're right. I always forget that Jurassic Park is as old as it is. 1993? I don't know what year I thought it came out, but I watched this tape. Everything feels super dated, except Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's a franchise that still feels so relevant, and it is because they're still making the films. We've gone to at least a couple Jurassic Park movies not that long ago. <laughs> we went to Jurassic World, we went to Fallen Kingdom, and it's amazing to think that it all started way back in 1993. Right. When I say that it doesn't feel dated, it's because that movie actually still holds up from every angle that it doesn't feel anywhere near as old as it is. Because it's got great effects, the dinosaurs are very compelling looking. That wasn't in 3D, and it still looked amazing on the big screen. Obviously, everyone that's listening has seen that movie 2,000 times. We don't need to get into any specifics there. But I do want to point out the awesome side effect of Jurassic Park in the early 90s was how dinosaurs suddenly were like the coolest thing everywhere. You went into any store. It was just all dinosaurs. See, I had a big period of time, like when I was real little, that I was super into dinosaurs. And then when this came out, it was like the floodgates opened and, and dinosaurs were everywhere again. And I was not complaining at all. It was so in the zeitgeist. Dinosaurs were everywhere, even down to stuff like junk food. If you look up um, compilations of old commercials on YouTube, you're going to notice that so many different cereals, fruit snacks, all these different things, even if they didn't have a partnership with Jurassic Park, suddenly found a way to incorporate dinosaurs. They were fucking Jurassic Gushers yeah. that had no tie to the movie. New Jurassic Gushers. They're here. There's a direct correlation between Jurassic Park and Jaws 3D because Jaws was this monstrous shark that was terrorizing a theme park. And Jurassic Park was a theme park with giant monstrous dinosaurs running around. I know you're not as big of a film aficionado as I am, but in our community, it's common knowledge that Jurassic Park was directly inspired by Jaws 3. <laughs> Spielberg was like, yeah, we got oh, to make oh, our own man. version of this. Oh, man. They took my idea, and now I'm going to take it back. <laughs> Looking for really tender ribs? At Bennigan's, our meaty new ribs are fall off the bone tender and come with our own special barbecue sauce, too. Hey, we admit we're tough on our ribs. 
but that just means more tender moments for you. Bennigan's, the original recipe for fun. Matt, this is kind of an oddball one. It's a restaurant called Bennigan's. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it, but I'm sure some of them aren't because they've generally disappeared. I believe there may be one, maybe two left in the entire world. That's crazy to me because I, I mean, I, I can't say that I recall seeing Bennigan's out on my drives to nowhere, but I never really suspected that they were dead and gone. Mostly pretty much as a franchise, they are, yeah. It's explicable because Bennigan's was one of the first kind of like Applebee's style chain restaurants. And then there was like 5,000 of them. Bennigan's just couldn't keep up, man. This is one that's real nostalgic personally for me because it was so close to where I lived. It was actually in walking distance. And if you could walk to a restaurant like with your friends and just get like burgers or chicken fingers, like that was the best. It was the dream. It was the dream of every <laughs> child. I mean, if, if I was in walking distance of a restaurant, my entire social structure as a child would have been a whole lot different. <laughs> well, like, I didn't have the Max or the Peach Pit, so I had Bennigan's. How would you describe the atmosphere in there? You had mentioned Applebee's, and I, you know, I was thinking, like, Applebee's mixed with that bar from Cheers. A little bit darker wood, though. It is like that. Maybe a little bit of neon in there, too. It's almost like the uh, pool hall at a bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah. just a quick PS, that's where I was introduced to chicken fried steak, which pff, chicken fried steak sucks, man. Don't ever order that. Yeah, I never knew what it was, so I never ordered it. <laughs> it was trouble. <laughs> I had a lot of people who wound up getting jobs as like waiters and hosts and whatnot at that bar. And so sometimes I would be able to get drinks there and not have to produce a driver's license which was kind of like the norm back then because some places weren't enforcing that law. Please, this is uh, just maybe two or three years away. I think in 95, 96, I'm in high school. We used to go to the corner store on a Friday night and get Zima. Yeah. You know, Zima 40s or whatever. And we obviously were not fucking of legal age, but we got them. I never made it a habit. You got to really use it when you need it, you know? <laughs> well, you didn't want to blow a good thing. You were there to try to, like, uh, pick up women who were 15 years your senior. You didn't want to <laughs> risk getting thrown out. You weren't gonna. I mean, you looked like you were 26 when you were 16, so you were fine. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm acting sophisticated now, but I'm going to order that brownie with the ice cream later. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a virgin daiquiri and that brownie, please. Yeah. <laughs> Now we return to Jaws 3, starring Bess Armstrong and Dennis Quaid. Look at all of Oh, so let's get back to the movie here for a second, Jay. We're going to call this section the observation deck. Oh, I like that. I think uh, observation that could be construed as sort of a boat word, no? So I th it's thematic. It is very thematic, yeah. And here we're just going to kind of have a free-for-all, just bring up something that we noticed about this movie, and I'm going to go first if you don't mind. 
We have beaten this drum before, but I just have to mention again, it's pretty incredible what WPAX would let slip through on network television. Mm, again, yeah. you, this is not USA Network even. This is channel fucking 11. Like regular TV that you can get with an antenna. <laughs> yeah, this is your Disney afternoon channel, literally. So the fact that you would see these gory scenes Jaws 3D wasn't like the Friday 13th movie that we covered, but it sure had some stuff that I was surprised to see. They were pushing the limits, absolutely. The one thing that really threw me, there is a part where they're giving kind of like this quickie autopsy to a body that Jaws had attacked and killed. What they show, it's so horrifying. It's a corpse with all of its skin like ripped off. It's got bugs and crabs rolling out of its mouth. It is so, so gory. Oh my, God. oh my God. Could have been like a Tom Savini creation for one of the zombie movies or something. It absolutely looked like something, uh, what's the guy? Frank Hellraiser. It looked just like him, only with <laughs> bugs. Oh. <laughs> oh. There are obvious ways that they could have edited that scene to not show this shot. They didn't. They rolled it. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. How did they get away with that shot? Not only how did they get away with it in putting it on WPIX, but what about when we're in the boardroom, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall watching the executives from SeaWorld like, oh, I like what you've done here with this dead body. <laughs> oh my God, again, this autopsy that we're talking about is actually taking place in the SeaWorld park. So again, yeah. <laughs> don't really get it. I don't know how much those Shamu references were worth, but this seems a little bit like a too high price to pay. <laughs> I mean, this movie did have a lot more in common with Piranha than it did anything else. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, Jaws was a mean motherfucker. Apparently, this is considered the goriest Jaws. I don't know that that necessarily comes through on the WPAX broadcast, but again, as we're saying here, a lot of stuff did slip through. This program may include content objectionable to certain individuals. Viewer discretion is advised. Speaking of slip through, the whole original script of this movie was supposed to be a National Lampoon's type of satirical Jaws movie. It wasn't even originally intended to be like a straight up thriller horror type movie. So you've seen like made up Jaws spoofs in other shows or in like Mad Magazine. It was essentially going to be that. Right. It was going to be like cracked. It sounds like there were a lot of Hollywood politics involved in whatever happened there. But I have to say, I'm glad with how things turned out. This is my opinion with the asterisk there, that there was some stuff that was left in that seemed like it could have been part of that original iteration of the script. And you mentioned Bess Armstrong, and she is dating Dennis Quaid in the film. But when they introduce Dennis Quaid's younger brother, Bess Armstrong immediately like gives him a giant hug and kisses the brother right on the lips. To me, immediately, I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. I don't know if you would necessarily do that. Jaws breaking through the glass. Okay. Bess Armstrong kisses the little brother on the lips. Jay's like, oh, mother God. <laughs> well, I was just thinking if I, <laughs> Rewind. Had, a, if I had a little brother... <laughs> And I had a girl just kissing him on the lips. Like, well, well, wait a second. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> it's definitely like, this is a early 80s thing. You'll notice when you watch these movies that people were 
much more handsy with each other. They were. Way more physically affectionate in ways that would be deemed, and I'm not saying that this was inappropriate. They're essentially, I guess, family, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't kiss family on the lips, but it was the early 80s. The whole Empire Strikes Back thing with Leia giving Luke a kiss, and that became a giant thing. So I always think of that when I think of this movie, too. Um, but then there was also a scene. I, that, I very often hear that comparison, by the way. The classic Luke Leia Han love triangle. <laughs> they say that the absolutely perfect earthbound analog is the situation in Jaws 3. That is not true at all. <laughs> More common knowledge from my buddies in the film aficionado lounge. Oh, yeah. You're such, now all of a sudden you're a huge film aficionado. <laughs> I, I'm a movie buff. Yeah, yeah. The movie buff who likes to say that he's seen the movies, but he secretly hasn't. And he just reads about them on Wikipedia. <laughs> this entire show is based on my uh, experience reading the back of the video cassette box. <laughs> so there's another scene where the younger brother is out with Leah Thompson because they're kind of like a, an item. And they're going to go skinny dipping. So Dennis Quaid and Bess Armstrong are like spying on them. I don't believe it. She got him in the water. Never underestimate the power, huh? <laughs> they're locked in the water. You have Leah Thompson and the younger Brody brother locked in the water. I mean, it's like they're about to do it. Yeah. And then you got the older brother and Bess Armstrong just like watching and kind of fucking around with them. Like, That's a little <laughs> weird. Like your little brother's definitely a wreck there, dude. Like, back off. <laughs> Walk away. You never know, maybe some of the original elements of the script kind of found their way through to the final product. Well, you did mention that you were going to bring this up to me, and I started thinking about it, and there is a brief scene where Bess Armstrong takes the little brother's piece of bacon. Wait, was that a euphemism? or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean literal bacon. Like the, oh. She's about to go off to work, and she just grabs it off his plate. I'm like, hmm little familiar so maybe you're right maybe this is like kind of like the the skeleton of a script where Bess and the little brother had a little thing yeah you never know <laughs> yeah. i wonder if any of them are on twitter i'm sure they'd like to clarify the situation oh i would love to get that clarified hey hey guys i know you're 73 years old but i have a question about the love triangle that may or may not exist in 1983 smash hit jaws 3 right and after that tell us your thoughts about sandy duncan <laughs> <laughs> I loved her at that Macy's parade. I know. <laughs> Still talking about it. It's months ago. Uh, Mr. Bullhart, he's all knows all. You keep your hands to yourself, young man. Jaws 3, starring Dennis Quaid and Bess Armstrong, will return in a moment. A day at Six Flags Great Adventure. It's a world of fun. Hey, there's nothing like a Six Flags day with your kids. Now there's nothing like the excitement of Adventure Rivers. Over 100 great rides and attractions and all, including the world's largest drive through safari. Share the fun today at a theme park bigger than Disneyland. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. It's a world of fun, Doc. Get these great savings with specially marked cans of Coca-Cola Classic and Diet Coke. All right, Matt, it's time for our last set of commercials. And I'm going to kick this off with Six Flags Great Adventure. I knew you would. 
it fits into the theme an amusement park and this was like a home away from home for me for many many years you are a six flags junkie or at least you were i you probably fell off in the last few years because of the pandemic but in most of the years that i knew you you had season passes i was a big season pass guy for this it was like an event and the fact that it was so close we didn't have universal disney we didn't have anything cool like that so this was our equivalent to that. The commercial really captures everything about the park. The Coke cans. I don't know if you remember oh, this. Like the Coke cans were so big. Because if you had a Coke can, you can go to the park and get like half off admission with your friend. So you remember those times where you would turn up at Great Adventure and you forgot the Coke can and you would have to walk around the parking lot looking for the people who were selling them? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, like literally yeah. people would go to Great Adventure with a cooler of Coke and just like sell the cans for 10 bucks because you were going to save 20. <laughs> you would just kind of like save Coke cans. Like, no, oh, they're worth gold, man. You can get like half admission at Six Flags. This is great adventure by us, but I'm pretty sure the Six Flags Coke promotion was at all Six Flags parks. Like, if you go on eBay and look up 1993 Coke can, it's gonna have a Six Flags logo oh, on it somewhere. 100%. <laughs> yes. And the other thing that's very prominent in this is that Bugs Bunny just hosted the shit out of the commercial because they're using him like their version of Mickey Mouse, basically. They did have a relationship with the Looney Tunes. There were costume characters there. But in my experience, it was nowhere near what they're implying in this commercial, where it's just this flood of costume characters. No way. It was never like that. Although, when I was much younger, they were more common to see around the park. Although, as years went on, it was really difficult. You would never see any of them half the time. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like we actually were really going to Six Flags in that era when the vibe was shifting. Because I remember by the end of high school for me, Six Flags was actually starting to be known as a little bit sketch. Yeah. So maybe Bugs was like, fuck you. I don't care how much you're paying me. I'm not going out there. <laughs> yeah. And then they also talked about the safari in the commercial. I'm like, oh my God, the safari was like this huge thing. It's like, if you told your friends, like, I went to the safari over the weekend, like, whoa, are you serious? And I think one of the animals got on top of the car and you even see that depicted in the commercial, like a monkey is sitting on top of a car. That's when my dad announced to everybody in the car, we're never doing this again. <laughs> I, I don't know if Six Flags still has a safari. I find it hard to believe that they do because I remember you would drive through and I'm not talking about like three or four monkeys. There would be 75 monkeys on your car. You would have to just stay still and not drive for 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it was like, how is this safe? How is this legal? Either the monkeys or me are in trouble here. I guess they got conditioned to knowing that kids would give them food out of the car. So Which like, they were not supposed to do. Yeah, People not supposed feed to do them, like a giraffe. Peanut butter crackers. An ostrich is not supposed to eat that. Yeah, and like a giraffe would be sticking his head inside of the car because he knew you'd be getting carrots and stuff, you know? <laughs> we're talking about the action park era of Jersey theme parks yeah. where you just did whatever the fuck you wanted and <laughs> no one was ever going to tell you to stop. <laughs> And the biggest part of this commercial, Matt, Batman the Ride, fully endorsed, 
And they also had like the Batman stunt show eventually and all that stuff. But this Batman, the ride was specifically geared and based off the original film. The only thing that could have made it better is if when you're harnessed in and you start going off on the ride that you would hear the Prince 89 Batman soundtrack blasted through while you're going through the ride. Oh my God. Could you imagine? You would describe that as the best 60 seconds of your life. (laughs) A grapefruit drink that's actually sweet. Yep. Ocean Spray Ruby Red Grapefruit Juice Drink. It's got a sweet taste that's really different. Say this is grapefruit juice. This is Ruby Red. Grapefruit juice? Ruby Red. Yeah, it's got a surprisingly sweet taste your whole family will love. It's sweet. Ocean Spray Ruby Red Grapefruit Juice Drink. The surprisingly sweet taste of Ruby Red. Now in 64-ounce family size. I can't believe this is the ad I'm going with, but I gotta stay true to me. This Ocean Spray Ruby Red Grapefruit Juice commercial, <laughs> which for some reason is trying to pretend that it's, they're subtly saying that it's new. I'm like, no, it certainly was out a lot longer than this, but go for yours, guys. Yeah, you do you. It stuck out to me, not because of anything in the commercial, which is fairly generic, grapefruit juice, whatever, but I used to drink Ruby Red Grapefruit Juice pretty much exclusively at this time. Ruby Red compensated the bitterness with some extra sugar. Ocean Spray dumped 18 fucking pounds of sugar into every glass bottle of this Ruby Red juice, which is why I was drinking it exclusively. And of course, you know, I'm a fat little kid. My name rhymes with fat, which sucked, by the way. And I'm thinking I'm doing something nice for myself. Oh, instead of the soda, I'm going to have grapefruit juice. But I'm drinking a bottle of this stuff every two days, Jay. (laughs) You can't help yourself with the ruby red grapefruit juice and the Bigfoot pizza. Like, if it's on, like, you're talking about it. It doesn't matter if we spoke about this or if you talk about it online, like, 17 times an hour. Listen, I'm thinking now, like, we mentioned the likelihood that we were watching this broadcast. It is pretty likely. It's also pretty likely that the Bigfoot pizza and the Ocean Spray ruby red grapefruit juice were on my fat stomach, which I was using as a table as I laid in my bed watching this movie that night. (laughs) we now present the conclusion of tonight's feature presentation join us tomorrow for more great entertainment on channel 11 new york's movie station we're approaching the finale of jaws 3 which just needs to be dissected (laughs) conceptually why you appreciate it is that it's so esoteric like how the fuck did anyone think that this is the way to end this movie so literally what happens here is that one of the guys who's diving in because they're trying to subdue jaws right so right they know that the menace is in the park they're trapped underwater they gotta do something about this shark man right so one of the guys goes and dives in he just got eaten by jaws but the camera is in Jaws' stomach. The camera's filming, like, from the stomach point of view. So you see this guy getting eaten alive. (laughs) 
it is crazy. I mean, it also kind of implies that the inside of a great white shark is essentially like a big fucking empty balloon, but we'll let that pass. Apparently, sharks have no organs whatsoever. A six-foot man, just crawl on in. It's one of the craziest shots in any of the Jaws movies. I just want to commend this shot because I had never seen anything like it. It really was something else. And it leads directly to, believe it or not, an even more fucked up shot. (laughs) You got to get into that. All right. So the guy gets eaten by Jaws. Now, the guy, when he gets eaten, is holding this like grenade that you have to pull the pin and it'll explode. But he gets eaten, so he can't do it. Late in the movie, like literally two minutes before it ends, you got Bess and you got uh, Dennis Quaid over there. They're trapped by the shark. The shark is closing in on them. They notice that there's a dead body in the shark's mouth and that it's holding a grenade. So they use like a piece of metal or something to pull the pin underwater. Yeah. And the shark explodes. This is another opportunity for a mega 3D shot. So pieces of its fucking jaw and its intestines are flying at the screen. And they're floating above you while you're sitting in the theater. But if you're watching at home, it doesn't have the same effect. But still, like the intestines and the teeth. Let's think about this. Now, Jaws as a franchise, the thing about Jaws 1 is that it was transcendent. It became like this movie that the whole family went to, even though it was scary. It was like a gateway drug for everybody. You would imagine much was the same for Jaws 2. Why would anyone expect anything different for Jaws 3? So you got family sitting in that theater. You got little fucking Judy and tiny Tom next to mom and dad. And the end of the movie is a shark's intestines and broken jaw floating towards them. (laughs) After he just ate a guy alive. After he's eaten a guy. I'm so upset because you mentioned Gushers earlier, and I just keep likening the explosion to a strawberry gusher. It's bizarre. You know how squeamish I am with, like, bodily stuff. But I'm watching this shot. I'm like, hmm, you know what? I could go for some (laughs) Jell-O. Yeah, it's actually pleasing when Jaws explodes because one second he's Jaws, the next second there's blood everywhere. (laughs) Here's the situation. I think I've identified psychologically why this scene is so good for us. We both had pools as a kid. We both had fathers who would kick our ass if we messed with that pool. How many times were you wondering what it would look like if you just dumped that glass of Kool-Aid right in the pool? Now you knew. (laughs) And it was really vivid and thick red. A delicious fruit punch. It It was. What a movie. It's like, you know, when you watch it, it doesn't really register. And then when we sit here and describe this like last 15 minutes or so, what a fucked up movie this is. I think when you watch it in the lens of an adult, it changes a lot because I remember looking at it like it was this fantastical movie. Like, oh, this would be if what if I was in the park and this happened, it would be so cool. Now we're sitting looking, we're kind of a little bit more critical especially you as a film aficionado. I enjoyed my stay in that secret Facebook group, but I think they're about to kick me out because I'm ready to go on record and say, this is my favorite Jaws movie. Yeah, easily. Even now, it definitely is. 
to me, it was always one of my favorites. And then I think the, I don't want to say vitriol, but <laughs> people hate this movie. I don't get no, it. I mean, I, that word was literally on the tip of my tongue. The only reason it didn't spell out is because I knew I couldn't pronounce it. But the <laughs> level of venom that people spew towards Jaws 3, you would think it is the worst movie ever made. It is not even close. There is some cheesy shit. But by and large, it's fine. It is yeah. not a bad movie. Not bad. Obviously, there's things that could be improved on, but with all movies, things could be improved on. This brought a lot of things to the table that we had never seen before. All these Tuesday morning quarter packs, or is it Monday morning? I don't know the football reference, but yeah, Monday, you, of yeah. course you could fix some shit, but it's a good movie. It has a lot going on. There's a goddamn shark who explodes and spews parts of himself at the camera. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be one of those movies that'll finally get more credit. I don't know if it's going to ever get a lot of credit. But well, more, here's maybe. the thing: like, look, I would never call us influencers here on our modestly popular podcast, but we do sometimes influence people to try some other things. And if nothing else is taken from this show, I hope a few people will give Jaws three, Jaws three D, depending on where you're watching it, another look. It is not bad. It is a lot of fun, and there's apparently a kind of unspoken subplot where. Bess Armstrong is hitting on the little brother. <laughs> the other thing that we did not mention is that there's little tiny nods. I don't know if it's a stretch or not, but like when they have that little yellow pod that goes underwater, it almost becomes like the Poseidon adventure. And then you think, well, wait, are they going to like hit the remains of the Titanic? It's just got all kinds of cool stuff in this movie. Oh, man, Poseidon Adventure is another good one. I hope we can find a WPAX broadcast of that movie. Shelly Winters, man, Oof, that's the original Bess Armstrong. <laughs> and then there's the scene where it's like almost like a dark ride where these tentacles and sea creatures are coming out. This is the thing, like, when you're a kid, maybe you don't want to be underwater if the shark is going to attack, but you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, my God, I wish I could go here. Exactly. <laughs> so there was one thing right before we wrap everything up. We went through that whole batshit crazy finale, and the movie ends on dolphins just happily jumping up in the air. Oh, like God. they're like, no, Sea World is cool. Come back. I can't believe <laughs> that this is the first time the dolphins are being referenced because if Bess Armstrong and Dennis Quaid are the top two stars. The two dolphins are the next top two. And yeah. I love them as a kid. I love them now. And I'm so happy that they survived. Because you know, if a movie like this was made now, they would sacrifice one of those dolphins for dramatic <laughs> effect. And fuck that. It's been a hell of a time diving into this movie on VHS with all the commercials. It was a really great trip. It was like a little time warp for me, Matt. Absolutely. Oh, God bless WPAX and God bless the people who thought to tape it and not cut out the commercials, which is the worst thing you could ever do. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. I know there's no commercials anymore and there's no VCRs and nobody watches regular television, but in the off chance, don't cut out the commercials. <laughs> yeah, do not cut out the commercials. Speaking of commercials, Jay, we also have a Patreon. We are on Patreon. 
you're right. We do a lot of cool stuff on there. And that's patreon.com slash purple stuff. Monthly bonus shows and two monthly bonus shows this month. One just dropped a special Q&A. So if you are with us there, $6 a month, you get access to that and every prior bonus show. We would love to have you guys on there if you're interested. And also, if you want to leave us good feedback on any of the podcast sites, that would be awesome. Five stars, please. No, 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 it's four and a half bullshit. Five stars. Five only. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. The Channel 11 News at 10 is next. It is a very busy Friday night. Of course, the heat wave continues. It looks like it's going to be a very uncomfortable weekend. The whole area baked around the 100-degree mark all day. Tonight, the first fatalities are being blamed on the heat. We'll have team coverage, including the dilemma that's faced many folks this week. What to do about all these bad hair days in a row? There are some solutions.